Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we can't go very long without locking up James Ham. Locked On Kings continues here, Jason Ross, with James Ham, our NBA Kings insider. You, you can find him on NBC Sports California. James, how's your summer going? It's going good, man. I've been super busy just blowing up my house and, and you know, the boys with soccer and uh, trying to take a break because it's going to be a wild and crazy season. Yeah, so are you? Are we going to be more likely to see you on, like, a home home improvement show instead than, than covering basketball? What's going on? You're, like, doing this yourself. Yeah, I I do this during my offseason. People don't know this most likely, but I, I was raised by uh, a construction worker. My my dad was in the trades for 38 years. We used to build our own houses. And, I mean, you know, Jason, I helped. I was an apprentice on the downtown plaza build in 1993. So uh, it's in my blood. So during the summers, I, I typically destroy my house and rebuild it and do, you know, crazy stuff. It's just this year we're doing more, 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 more. <laughs> so what's your price? Could I get you over to my, my wife and I have always thought we got to do something. Dear. We got to do something with the kitchen. We got to do something here. Can we get, can we, can you be hired? Can we hire James Ham? I, I don't hire myself out. And if I did, I would be like, I would charge celebrity rates. So you're going to have to be like, you know, I, I'm also on TV, you know, so you're going to have to pay oh, extra. Oh yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Never mind. <laughs> Well, that's good though, but you enjoy it obviously too. I mean, it's obviously a, a work, but you must enjoy it. Oh yeah, I enjoy it, and you know, I, I've talked about this on on the Kings Insider podcast. But uh, the NBA season is is an absolute grind, and for guys like uh, like you who are at every game, and guys like myself and Jason Jones, uh, Sean Cunningham, it is a bear to keep the weight down. You know, none of us are getting any younger, mm. and as, as we go through the season. I end up gaining, you know, 10, 15 pounds every year, and then I lose it during the summer. And one of the ways I do that is by, you know, working hard outside. I also try to get, you know, get my cardio in and stuff like that. But it's just you got to take care of yourself uh, because our jobs are, you know, during the season, 80 hours a week. Yeah. And uh, getting out at 12, 30, 1 o'clock at night, and, you know, you, you're trying to get home without, you know, stopping. But, you know, the Taco Bell <laughs> <laughs> at one o'clock at night and guilty you end up yeah yeah exactly and it's uh you got to take care of yourself somehow and this yeah. is how i do it so uh, i know we're going to get into the, a little bit of the schedule since we last talked to you but i'm guessing do you like the seven o'clock start the change for the home time i absolutely love the seven o'clock start uh 7 30 um, i know it's going to be a little a little sketchy with traffic and stuff like that but I think people are going to just drop right back into their normal routine. You got you got a year to figure out how to get to the park, how how to how to get there, how to find your parking, uh, where to get your food, and all that. 
So you should be able to shave 30 minutes off that time just by understanding the area and the layout now. And for me, it just it gets us out of there just that much earlier. You know, an overtime game, uh, you know, we don't even get back to the media room to write until, you know, 1115. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm looking forward to just a little bit earlier, just helps getting home and, you know, doesn't mess up the sleep schedule quite as much. Sure. Now, again, with the schedule, 41 home, 41 road, but just your glance at it, was there any strong takeaways you had of good stretches, bad stretches, or favors for the Kings, favors, you know, things against the Kings? Any opinion, strong opinion one way or the other on, on how the schedule lays out for Sacramento? Well, I think it's interesting that the league added quite a few days um, to the schedule. I did notice I went through and there are no four games in five nights, which is something that the players have been begging for. It just it it's so brutal for recovery for these guys. The Kings do have, you know, three games in five nights or three games in four nights, but not that extra game. And so that's big. Uh, their longest road trip is only six games, but it's six day it's six games over twelve days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing with this schedule. It spreads out a little bit more. Still 16 sets of back-to-backs. Um, but I, I think Kings fans should be excited about games against uh, these young point guards. This is such a great point guard draft. And I can't wait to see uh, De'Aaron Fox go up against, you know, Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball or Dennis Smith. I, I think Dennis Smith is going to have an incredible season for Dallas. He's really going to... You know, be he's going to make people think about why he went number nine, and uh, you know he's just a super athlete with all kinds of potential. So I think the schedule itself it lends itself to some interesting things. I mean, you get to mark his cousins really early in the mm. season and kind of get that over with. Uh, it, it's going to be a difficult schedule for the Kings. I, I saw something. I think they have the fifth uh, toughest schedule in the NBA, but that's because they're playing in the Western Conference and because. They don't have to play themselves, uh, you know, and, and they're going to be one of the bottom teams in the league. And, you know, certain teams uh, get stuck in a in a conference where they, they don't really have a shot, and the Kings are one of those teams this year. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun season, but I think it will also be a rough season just because of the youth of this team. What's your early prediction on that game in November with DeMarcus? Not necessarily the outcome, but that's – that's an emotional night, certainly for DeMarcus, but for the fan base, some will be anxious to see him. We know there'll be Cousins jerseys. Others are happy they traded him. What's your early read on how that night will, will feel? I think the Kings fans are, uh, most Kings fans are going to give him a standing ovation. I think the Kings will do something nice on the board where they'll give you, you know, like a, a nice video roll of his six and a half years in Sacramento. You know, he won a gold medal as a member of the Kings, which is always fun when you have a player that, you know, represents your country as well. He he was in three all-star games as a member of the Kings. So I think there is a lot to like. I also think that the emotion of the night is going to be overwhelming for him. Uh, he's a very, very emotional young guy. And I really do believe that it will, it will probably over, be overwhelming for him. I think you'll see some, some tears shed, um, you know, I think deep down he's not a bad guy, uh, but I also think that because of the emotion of the night, there might be a moment where people are reminded of sort of the bad things in DeMarcus, mm. because I, I do think that the night will be overwhelming for him, and there might be a hard foul, there might be something that will remind fans. And I, So I do think you'll hear some boos, 
you hear a, a lot of cheers for him. Um, but overall, I think uh, just the emotion of the night, I think for everyone, I mean, even for people who cover it, covered him for so much of his career, I mean, every game of his career I covered uh, as, you know, a member of the media and, you know, his first season with the, the team was coming. And so whether you loved him or you hated him, I, I mean, I know him very well. And so it'll be an emotional evening. I mean, I look forward to seeing him. Yeah. I, I like him. I, I mean, we had our good times. We had our bad times. But in the end, when on his way out the door, I, we both left on, on good terms. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see him. It, it's kind of weird the way the NBA works. But, you know, they become part of your the, the circle of people that you're around every single day. Sure. And so when they're gone, you know, it's, it's kind of like abrupt and crazy. And you do end up missing parts of them for sure. Yeah, and I know you know it as well, James. I mean, DeMarcus can step on the court and have 20 points. He's got the gifts that not a lot of people in this league have. But I, he also, I, I wonder if he'll get into a point where he's going to try too hard. I mean, he, he can show up and have an impact on the game with 30 and 15 and, and be the best player on the floor. But does he want to have 40 and 20? Does he want to have 50? I mean, I, I bet he wants to light up that night. Yeah, I think he's going to try to go for, for 40 or 50. And, you know, the one thing, it reminds me of the first time that Isaiah Thomas came back to Sacramento and just got completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And he's not nearly as emotional as DeMarcus, but, you know, the pride and everything else really took over. And he was he was caught off guard by it. And he had a horrible, horrible first game in Sacramento. And so I wouldn't doubt that DeMarcus goes through some of the same things. You're right. He is going to try too hard. Um, I think having Rondo there uh, adds just another wrinkle to it, True. which I'm not sure is a, is a great thing. But <laughs> uh, at the same time, I, I mean, I, I think it, it just adds a little more intrigue to it. Uh, and that team still can't shoot at all. So, I mean, the, the Kings will probably compress the key and, and make life as difficult as possible. But he's supremely talented. And, uh, you know, again, watching him play on that court for six and a half years, he just he's so gifted and whether you loved him or hated him as a basketball player watching watching somebody 611 200 probably 90 pounds most of his career in Sacramento that can contort his body and do the things that DeMarcus could and dominate dominate the way that he did um again it, it, that's why you want to show up every night it, it's to watch something special and i think he he is something special as a player and and i hope the kings find someone else super special that does something that makes you, you know, forget the DeMarcus Cousins era and move forward. But again, not having a a star, not having someone that good on the court, knowing that you're walking into a season without him for the first time in, you know, seven seasons, it's going to be, it's going to be an intriguing season, man. Yeah, no doubt. Now, James, last time we talked, uh, you had, we knew Scott Perry was out, but you'd speculated the Kings we're going to add to their front office. We just didn't know when, and they made pretty quick work of this. What do you think of the addition of Brandon Williams? Kind of uh, something someone, a lot of people didn't see coming, but what do you think about him joining that front office? You know, I've had con- a conversation with him. I really like him. He's a really bright guy. Uh, he's he's worked his way up through the league office. You know, he's a guy who was in and out of the league as a player, played for three different teams over like five different years and barely had a cup of coffee in, in the league. Um, but he's he's done everything right afterwards. You know, I, he's worked hard to get himself into a position to learn how to the, the scouting game. Um, he's worked hard to go to law school and, and get a law degree so he can do the contract portion 
Um, you know, he, he's learning the salary cap. He, he's doing everything, the business side of, of being in the front office. So Vlade needs help in the business aspect of, of what's going on on the basketball side. And having a guy like this who, again, has been around, uh, he's not like Scott Perry where he has so many, uh, you know, people around the league that just instantly reach out to him or he reaches out to them just on a weekly basis. Um, so he's a little bit of a different type of person uh, that than Scott Perry in, in that regard. But he's one of the up-and-comers in the league. And I think that the Kings got some good, young, fresh blood and could they use a little bit more? I think every front office can use as many people as possible as long as they only have one cook in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and Vladi's the cook, and so you got to kind of work with him and fill the holes in, in his game. And I think that Brandon Williams fills a lot of those holes. Yeah, I'm with you. I had a chance to talk to him here on the podcast, too. Just likable. I like his work ethic. He's not afraid to work hard. He's had to grind his professional career as a player and now as a – front office guy. So I, th- I think it is a good addition. So if we talk about that, people seem to like the draft. People seem to like their free agency move. So many positives, positives, positives for this team. And people are kind of portraying it that way. Then about a week or so ago, a little over that, you get the news about Zach Randolph. So everything's going so well. And then this one hits. What did you think about uh, the news with Zebo and, and the marijuana situation? Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as most people. I'm just, I'm disappointed I mean, I understand that this is California and that the way that the laws and sort of the understanding of marijuana and, you know, sort of the culture of marijuana, the way it's going and and where it's heading and, you know, the legalization of marijuana. Um, But as uh, as I said last year with regards to Matt Barnes, you're 36 years old. You got to know better than to have a backpack full of weed or you got to know better than to get in a bar fight in a New York nightclub. Um, this isn't a, you know, a 20, 20 year old, uh, what Jaleel Okafor. This mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't like a rookie mistake. This is something that you should be conscious of avoiding at all times. And, you know, Jason, it, you and I were in the media and we know that if we do something that, you know, is egregiously wrong, that we're going to get roasted for it. And so uh, whether we consciously do it or we just do it because that's who we are, we stay out of trouble because that we just know it will be magnified and that we'll have to deal with it and that our bosses will have to deal with it and whether we'll still be employed uh, if, if we do something wrong. You know, there's all these layers to it. And for a guy like this, you know, I, I'm disappointed. He needed to come in here and lead young men. And I still think he can do that. I, I spoke to Doug Christie about this, about sort of what it means in the locker room. And he said he, he thinks there'll be a lot of uh, like jokes about it and stuff. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that that's the case because you have 12 players on this team with two years of NBA experience or less, if you include Jack Cooley and Jakar Sampson. And, and so I don't see those guys like ribbing, you know, big bad Zach Randolph about his marijuana arrest. Now, will Garrett Temple do that? Will Vince Carter do that? Uh, you know, Costa Kufis is a hilarious dude. <laughs> um, maybe one of these guys, like uh, George Hill, has some side where he thinks it's funny and he's going to joke about it. Um, I think the rest of the room is going to be slightly awkward about this, looking at him saying, 
come on, come on, my man. You know, this is not what we needed. We we had a lot of positive vibes going on here. Uh, I think luckily it's far enough away from, you know, the start of the season that, you know, and he's got his next court hearing in, in late August uh, coming up here. And and so I think it's possible all of this will work itself out. I do think it doesn't become some issue. Um, but, you know, two pounds of marijuana – uh, intent to sell. It's not a good look. Um, I, I think it's a more likely situation that it gets pled down to uh, a misdemeanor and that it kind of goes away. Well, there's got to be some disappointment here from both the Kings, the players in the locker room, uh, the front office, the coaching staff, and for Zebo himself. I yeah. mean, he should be looking at himself like, I can't believe I got myself into this 16-year NBA veteran. I should I should have grown out of this stage by now. Team has been relatively quiet on this. Had an initial report. That was it. Uh, I don't know if they're waiting for the the aforementioned court date that you talked about or a stance from the league. But you know, the team. I'm I'm a little surprised as as backed away from this. Where, where do you think they will go, if anything, with Randolph on this? I think they're going to have to wait for it to play out, play out in the courts, and whatever that hap- Whenever that happens, I mean, I, I think they'll come out with a. Uh, a sharply, you know, worded statement. But I think, again, we don't know all the facts. Uh, you know, we don't a- at all. I mean, it's just, it's the reporting of, and not anything wrong with them, like the TMZ reporting of this. Uh, it, they are on the front lines and you're you're trying to get as much information. I mean, clearly we can see the police record, you know, the, the arrest record and stuff like that. Um, but I think the team is, in all of these situations, I and mean, we saw the same thing last year with uh, with Darren Collison, you know, where he got himself into a domestic situation, and the team had to condone it uh, for sure. Had to, you know, jump all over it and say, "Look, this is not us. It's not something that we we promote or or that we want to stand by." Um, but at the same time, you know, you're running a professional franchise, and players historically make mistakes, uh, just like everyone else does. And, you know, a percentage of the population gets in trouble. They get arrested. They have situations, whether it be domestic or drug-related or, or DUIs or, or anything else. It's just the percentage of Sacramento Kings players of the history feels like it's a little lopsided. And, uh, and hopefully they can move past this. But, again, if you're going to gamble on, on veteran players with, you know, 15, 16 years in the league – and they're going to be the ones that let you down. I mean, I guess at some point you got to look at, did you choose the wrong guy? Or, and I think a little bit of that is you took a gamble on somebody who had had a pass, but his pass was pretty far back. Um, but again, you know, you have to make the right decisions when you're a team like the Kings who are trying to build culture. And yeah. I hope it all blows over and Zebo is able to get his, his stuff right and to get on the court and not have any hiccups here, but you just don't know. Last thing I have for you, everything's been quiet as far as, I mean, this is the time of year. It is quiet. We're still a few weeks away from training camp. And uh, is there any reason to believe that the Kings, James, could be involved in not necessarily acquiring Kyrie Irving or Carmelo Anthony, two of the bigger names that are still out there, but could they be that third team or fourth team? We really haven't heard Sacramento attached in any way, but they've got some flexibility. Would you anticipate them getting involved in any other deal that they could just be a small player in at all? You know, there has been some sort of rumblings that I've heard that, that there's always a possibility that the Kings be, could be part of something. Um, the way that they structured their deals this summer was very intriguing 
Uh, they could have set themselves up to still have a ton of cap space, but they didn't. They ate up most of their cap space, and I think they're a little less than $5 million under the cap at this point. Uh, they front-loaded contracts for Bogdanovich and for a couple of the other players. What they've done is they set themselves up to be real players in the 2019 free agent sweepstakes when they have no cap space at all. I mean, when they have no draft pick at all. So they're going to have monstrous amounts of cap space. But I think there's a, a sense around the team that there is an imbalance between youth and veterans and that there are still some holes on this roster that need to be shored up and that the team might be better, you know, maybe trading away one or two of their, you know, their young guys for a veteran who's more established. And I think a little bit of that is because having young players is one of the most difficult things you can do in the NBA because young players come into the league looking to prove that they're the next, you know, all-star, the next superstar. And very few of them come in with the understanding that they have to fill a role. And so for the first year or two of their careers, they do way more than they, they should, or they try to do more than they should. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy for a team. It doesn't work out. It doesn't add to your wins total. It usually hurts you to have this many young players. So there's a possibility that they could balance this roster just a, a smidge, one more veteran, two more veterans, maybe one or two young players going out the door. Um, but it's, they're not giving away anybody and, you know, they know what they've got in some of these guys, they have some question marks in what they've got in some of these other guys. Um, but they need to let this team simmer and grow together. Uh, but if the, the right deal comes along and they're thrown into something here, especially if it yields a 2019 draft pick where they don't have one, then I could see the Kings actually jump in on something just to try to balance, just yeah. get the, the flow right. Well, it's uh, always fun catching up with you, James, as uh, we encourage people to check out your podcast, the Kings Insider Podcast, and uh, whatever you're going to talk about, too, when it's uh, maybe remodeling houses. I think that you ought to have a podcast for that, too, based on your based on your story of this summer. I should have a, a construction podcast. That would be <laughs> yes, fun. That would be. That, that would be fun. But then if I do something without permits or something, uh, am I going to get investigated? And did I, or is there a podcast proving that I did something without permits? See, Jason, you got to think ahead on these things. Yes. Yeah, so you work, you know, you need the permits. So I don't know. I don't know the, the legalities <laughs> of all that. But uh, James, this was fun as always. I know we'll be seeing you a lot very soon. Thank you for the time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Jay Ross. Well, that is Kings insider James Ham joining us. Thank you so much to James Ham. Thank you to all of you that were listening today again to the Locked on Kings podcast. Get your questions in for the Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com. we got another big list this week that we'll attack tomorrow or on Twitter. You can send it to me at jasonross1140. Uh, that would be on Twitter. So, again, thank you for listening, following us on iTunes. Subscribe there. Listen for free on demand whenever you want. Same with Google Play, Audio Boom, and Stitcher all the different outlets to find us on Locked on Kings. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to James Hamm. Back again tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.